podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. As our listeners know, we obviously talk about paranormal-related subjects on the Paracast, but on the After the Paracast podcast for Paracast Plus subscribers, or just amongst ourselves, Randall and I and some of our guests talk pop culture. Now, Randall, as many of you know, is a musician. He's even played live. I mean, I've had minor musical aspirations over the years. I've played a little guitar and a little bit of drums. And having played drums, I appreciate what Ringo Starr brings to the game. Now, we were talking about a video I put up in our forums when I was a boy from Jeff Lynn. That's Jeff Lynn of ELO. And, you know, ELO had this sound, this orchestral rock sound that descended in many ways from Paul McCartney, except the difference would be that the orchestral stuff that Paul McCartney does, he tends to do in a recording. When he appears on stage, he has his, what, four or five piece band that's been with him for many years. And maybe they use a synthesizer. When Jeff Lynne's ELO goes on stage, it is three string players. Two backup singers, a couple of keyboard players, and the standard, you know, rhythm guitar, bass guitar, and everything. When I Was a Boy, which is a biographical song that he wrote in 2015, he plays everything except shaker and tambourine, and the strings are not done by the string orchestra, it's done by sampling. But he plays every other instrument. He's like Paul McCartney in that way. So, you know, we're talking about a brilliant guy. He produced the songs that the surviving Beatles mixed from a John Lennon tape. He produced George Harrison. He produced Paul McCartney. Donnie Harrison, the late George Harrison's son, is his opening act with ELO. So this guy is fabulous. Whether you're young or old, listen to it. Our guest, Sidney Kirkpatrick. Let me ask you a question, Sydney. Welcome, first of all, to the PowerCast. And this has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. Are you a fan of ELO? Of course, but I'm I'm an even bigger fan of John Lennon. At some point, you've got to ask me about connections between John Lennon and Edgar Casey. Well, we are. We are going to ask that. I missed out by one day interviewing John Lennon on the radio. When he was doing, when he was doing that bed in with Yoko, I guess in Montreal, and my associate at UPI sends this note: "Hey, he's at this hotel. Give him a call. Maybe he'll answer." I called. He checked out the previous day. Uh, oh, maybe in another lifetime. Now that we mentioned, let me give you the psychic connection here. Okay. Yeah, okay. December nineteen eighty. I'd get up early in the morning to go to a job in Midtown Manhattan. And we lived in Queens, New York at the time, in Little Neck. One day, the clock goes off like four hours early. Now, this was not a digital clock. This was a normal analog clock radio from the 1980s, 1970s. We had that clock radio for many years. It goes off four hours earlier, and the radio comes on. And the first thing they said was that John Lennon had been assassinated. At no time before or since did that clock radio ever go off at the wrong time. 
Or, it's just one of those strange it. synchronicities in the world. And, and these things tend to happen around big events. There's some kind of – I'm not sure exactly how to describe it, but you might be able to help us more with that, Sydney, when we get into things like maybe the Akashic Records, that sort of thing. There's, there seems to be some uh, medium out there in the universe that transmits this knowledge around to people. And it, it causes these things to happen. But you've got me intrigued now. John Lennon and Edgar Casey. Yeah, and uh, just, I mean, on your previous point, uh, there are scientists, there have been very good scientific investigations done with random number generators. And whenever there's a big event, you know, tsunami, earthquakes, whatever, uh, or even, you know, an assassination, those random number generators start stop acting randomly. There's a whole a whole study done of that. Yeah, I've I've looked into that because well, one of the things I like to do is play the lottery. And so the lottery is of course, they're random number generators, basically. They use them for some lotteries, but there's various ways they do it, whether it's bouncing balls or actual digital technology. But they have a way of creating them. And I started noticing these strange correlations between what seemed to be totally not-so-random numbers coming up in the lottery and these big news items. And and that's what got me into that. And you're absolutely right. There is these spikes that happen I mean, who knows for sure? Maybe it is just coincidental because we're looking for the spikes and and we relate to certain specific news items. I'm not sure, but it you know it's one of those things that makes you wonder. You know, it it makes you take a second look for sure. Let's get started with Sydney well, Kirkpatrick's background yeah. first, and then go into the things she studies. The one All thing right. that caught me was that you had been nominated for a Pulitzer. Now. We have interviewed a number of authors on the Paracast. It goes back to 2006, over 750 episodes. I don't think we've ever interviewed anyone nominated for much of anything. So for which work were you nominated? Uh, for, for a biography of a Philadelphia portrait painter named Thomas Akins. But, you know, I, I, I sort of look at my career before Edgar Casey and after Edgar Casey, uh, like, like you know, BC and AC, um, and I, and if I hadn't gone off, I think on this sort of on on what most people out there would call a fringe subject, I probably would have gotten a, a Pulitzer by now because I was writing very very mainstream books, and and actually when I met the woman who became my wife. Uh, who was a huge fan of the psychic Edgar Casey? You know, I was uh, just off the bestseller list, New York Times bestseller list, and you know, she and I, we just like got along famously. I mean, you know, she was beautiful, smart, everything was going, with the exception of this business, uh, psychic business, which she believed in. Uh, her dad, you know, had gotten cancer, and she treated him using Edgar Casey health treatments, and she was a sort of like a dedicated Edgar Casey person, and I just didn't want anything of it. I just didn't buy into it and believe it. I, I would have said, or I probably did say back then, that anybody who put their faith in a psychic ought to visit a psychiatrist. Um, now, you know, I've done the flip side of it, but... Uh, 
you know, we had this terrible tug of war going on about this psychic business, and I just didn't believe it. She kept giving me these books on Edgar Casey, and I just kept tossing them in the back of my Isuzu Trooper, and uh, and you know, push came to shove, and and I said, okay, well, uh, we'll go look at one of these. Edgar Casey readings, and uh, I'll show you the error of your ways. That if you really study one of these things, um, it'll unravel. And uh, well, I couldn't find one. And uh, that's sort of like how I dropped down the rabbit hole and stopped doing uh, mainstream uh, biographies. I think we have to point out, although some people have the misleading or misguided impression that people who go into the offbeat and write books about this stuff or go off and lecture are rolling in cash. And even though some may make a living, the situation is usually decidedly the reverse. So we're going to ask you further, Sidney Kirkpatrick, about what convinced you that Edgar Casey was more than some kind of wacko character. And this will educate me, too, because my... Remembrance of this is hearing about him years ago on the Long John Neville radio show. Of course, that was the pioneer paranormal show. We've got more to come. Sidney Kirkpatrick joins us. He'll also hang for the After the Paracast podcast with Gina Randall. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four-and-a-half to five-star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our made-in-the-USA microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra-large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay Wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part? Sunny Bay quality products started under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio. Pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. 
billion dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio. The media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNlife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNlife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, Sydney. so your wife is convincing you of the value of this gentleman. Tell us more about the story. Well, we, we, we actually weren't married yet. We were getting along and we were dating, and she kept talking about Edgar Casey this, Edgar Casey that, and I just I didn't buy into it. You know, I, I come from a, a very rationalist, scientific background, and you know, I just didn't buy into it, and, and I didn't want to hurt her feelings or anything like that. So it was a subject we stayed away from. Uh, but she was, you know, a real dedicated Edgar Casey person, and I happened to be. Um, Doing a lot. I do ghostwriting now and again when I need an infusion of cash, and I was ghostwriting a book for a big figure in Washington, D.C., and she was coming along with me, and we decided we would go to Virginia Beach, which is, you know, just a couple hours outside of Washington South, and that's the sort of headquarters of the Edgar Casey Foundation. Parenthetically here, are you allowed to tell us documents? which authors you ghostwrote for? <laughs> well, let's see. You know, I don't know. Let's, let's see. think of someone who's, who's passed on. Let me let, let me think about that. Uh, but uh, Coretta Scott King, for example, I, I've done done some work on. Uh, oh, I know she's passed on. I'm trying to think. You know, I, I just it's it's part of uh, part of the deal when when you ghostwrite. That's not something you beat your drum about, and and that's why they want you. Uh, ghostwriting. Um, uh, Natalie Cole is, is another one. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a professional biographer. I mean, that's all I've done. Uh, my mother was a writer. Both my sisters are writers. My, my older sister 
retired from National Geographic not long ago. My grandfather was a book editor, so there was nothing. I was just following the, the family tradition. And, uh, and then I went off on this, what would be considered fringe. And, and to be honest, my mother, who, who was a writer, the Casey book that I wrote um, was the only book she never read. And she had, you know, constantly helping me to guide my career and helping me to pick and choose. And we'd have these conversations. But then when I said, uh, I'm doing this book on Casey, it was like uh, fireworks. And, and I think a lot of mainstream people feel that way. And they just turn it off. And they, they, they won't look at other they won't really examine the evidence. And I'm sure the same you find with, with uh, the UFO community. It's like, it's like once you're labeled there, you get pushed off. But, you know, uh, thank God I got pushed in that direction because because it really has changed my life. And, uh, you know, despite what critics may say, the first 11 pages of the first book I wrote on Casey was the best 11 pages I've ever written. So let's just start off then uh, introducing our audience to that book. And I'm pretty sure that you'd be talking about Edgar Casey, an American prophet. That was, this was uh, released in 2000. And uh, it starts off with unprecedented access to Edgar Casey's private letters and trans readings. You deliver the definitive biography of the renowned psychic, religious seeker, and father of alternative medicine. So uh, that sounds pretty intriguing just in and of itself. So let's just, just give us a quick overview of of Casey and what you found out that really turned you around while you were going through his private letters and how you even got access to his private letters. All right. Well, uh, well let, let's talk just for a moment about who Edgar Casey was. Um, you know, he was born... Uh, late 1800s, died in 1945 during World War II. And you know, he's arguably uh, the greatest psychic of modern times. Um, beyond question, he's the best documented. Um, he was surrounded by professionals, mostly physicians, at a relatively young age. And because of that, you know, uh, there was a stenographer uh, sitting next to him when he went into trance. And so we have this just incredible, uh, detailed, verbatim record of everything he said, you know, for almost, you know, 40, 40 years. And, um, uh, and so you can examine it, you can study it, and that's what they have in Virginia Beach. Um, what, what he would do uh, is he, he would put himself into trance. At, at a very, very early age, um, he was playing ball at school, got hit in the back uh, with a ball, got knocked unconscious. And um, uh, unlike, you know, others who, who get knocked unconscious, uh, he started speaking. Uh, but, you know, it's a big question about who or what was speaking through him, but something was coming through him and he could answer questions. Uh, later on, as a young adult, uh, he was hypnotized in a sort of vaudeville stage act. And once again, when he was hypnotized, something very unusual took place. Uh, something spoke through him and uh, seemed to have the answers. And because 
he was surrounded by physicians early on. Almost everything for the first, you know, couple decades of his work was primarily medical related. And today, uh, Casey is considered the sort of father of holistic health because of the treatments he recommended. So let's, let's say that you have Edgar Casey in uh, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and he goes into trance and you ask about Gene. Um, in, in, let's say, Brooklyn, New York. And what Casey would do in trance is he'd go, uh, starting with a head, and uh, very often he'd go right down through a body, and he'd describe organ by organ, uh, the, you know, the condition uh, of those body parts and what problems there may be, and he would uh, recommend a treatment. And um, unlike... Um, Unlike most psychic material which which you read about, his was very very specific. Uh, body parts, blood temperature, um, blood count—I mean, things that are easily verifiable—and and that's what made it so convincing. And so he did that uh, for you know a couple decades before somebody asked him, uh, you know, non-medical related questions. And with the same ease with which he could answer, you know, things about epilepsy or psoriasis or skin cancer, he answered, you know, uh, uh, other questions, where, where a lost pocket watch was, where a wedding ring was. And then he, he then, uh, about ancient times, uh, one of the most remarkable readings, you know, he's asked about something uh, that was in the Bible. And without hesitation, he said, well, you know, these are my words, of course, you can check it. But, um, you know, Jesus didn't say that. What he said was, and he went on to explain how um, early chroniclers, the compilers of the Bible, uh, misrepresented it at the, you know, Second Council of Nicaea. We've got Sidney Kirkpatrick. He is going to talk to us mostly about Edgar Cayce, but other subjects, too. As we progress with Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD Family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech Carbine Upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. You 
USA Radio News with John Hunt. The House passed a bill giving $25 billion in emergency funds to the United States Postal Service and reversing recent cost-cutting operational changes. Democrats are seeking to reinforce the agency ahead of the November election when many voters are expected to cast mail-in ballots due to the coronavirus pandemic. The vote passed 257 to 150 in the Democratic-controlled House, earning some support from Republicans who expressed concerns about delayed mail. The bill is likely to meet significant opposition in the GOP-led Senate. The rare Saturday session in August comes amid national uproar over mail interference, but had absolutely nothing to do with coronavirus relief for unemployed people and small businesses. Remember, you can stay updated with anything going on in the news world at usaradio.com. This is USA Radio News. Massive wildfires in California have grown to be the second largest in state history as it and hundreds of other blazes have now scorched over a million acres. The LNU Lightning Complex fire that is burning across five counties in Napa and Sonoma Valleys has spread to more than 314,000 acres and is only 15% contained. Many of the fires raging in the state were sparked by a large number of lightning strikes as California is in the grip of a heat wave. The fires have scorched more than 771,000 acres which roughly is the size of the state of Rhode Island. The state now has more than 585 total wildfires. Rescue crews on the Detroit River found Sergeant Sivad Johnson of the city's fire department after his daughter reported that her father went missing after he dived into the river to rescue three young girls from drowning. Johnson, a Detroit native, had been with the fire department more than two decades. His brother and his father also served in that role. This is USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Sydney's telling us about Edgar Casey and the things he did. Now, what kind of educational and work background did this guy have? Well, Edgar Casey was a poor farm boy. Some people have called him illiterate, but that's really not the case. He, he did go to a grade school, maybe graduated eighth grade. And, uh, you know, we came from a, a very rural area in Beverly, Christian County, Kentucky, from a family of farmers, tobacco farmers. And, uh, but he had the, the uh, sort of unusual 
uh, propensity at a, at a very early age, as a, as a toddler even, strange things, manifestations. Mostly, uh, it was imaginary playmates, or, you know, or what the family liked to describe as imaginary, though in case, in Edgar's you know, case, they weren't imaginary at all, and, and he would carry on conversations. And these, these imaginary playmates had first and last names and came from exotic locales, you know, in Alexandria, Egypt, Jordan. The most difficult time the family had with him was right after his grandfather died. And his grandfather was thrown from a horse, hooves came back down and crushed his grandfather's chest. And Edgar, who was extremely close to his grandfather, was, was right there in front of grandfather when that happened. So there was no question in his mind that, you know, granddad was dead. But even then, at sort of age seven, the line between life and death it was, a, it was a real gray area. And he and he began conversing with his grandfather, just as he did, you know, the imaginary playmates and, and started learning all kinds of things about the family to say, like during the Civil War, that a uh, child shouldn't have known and the parents wouldn't have talked about. But Edgar seemed to know it. And uh, it continued on from then. And there were a few times, like when he got hit in the back with a baseball, when um, just strange things would come out of his mouth. But it really wasn't until he was a young adult uh, and suffering a case of laryngitis and experimenting with hypnotism that um, these talents became known. And, and what that talent is, is, is still, even to this day, it's a big question, because we don't actually know who or what was speaking through Casey when he went into a hypno hypnotic trance. It's something, it's a subject that uh, my wife and I have spent the last decade studying, and, and I hope at some point later on in our talk we, we can discuss how to find out what was speaking through Casey. But the truth of the matter was, almost well into the 90 percentile of everything he said has turned out to be true. Even the medical readings uh, that were dismissed in his day as being um, ludicrous, you know, turn out to have a foundation of truth in it. Uh, uh, psoriasis is a wonderful example um, because Casey very early on said, you know, psoriasis, which, of course, we understand is a skin condition. Casey said it's not a skin condition, that uh, toxins are leaching out of the uh, colon uh, and leaching into, into your system and coming out through the skin. So, so what you're getting is actually a symptom in your skin of, of a digestive problem. And Casey's treatment for psoriasis, which, which is almost entirely dietary, has a you know 99% success rate. Uh, epilepsy, this, this epilepsy is a really interesting uh, story in the Casey work because uh, it's only recently, just in the last three or four years, that any credence has been given to it. You know, physicians invariably think of epilepsy as a, as a brain disorder. Casey said that wasn't the case at all, that there were uh, actual neurotransmitters in your abdomen and that these have somehow become damaged, maybe through bulimia, diets, getting punched, uh, you know, a boxer. Uh, it can happen in birth. But there are any number of reasons why 
these neurotransmitters are damaged. And Casey said what they do is they send false signals to the brain and the brain interprets it as white noise. And you get a, you know, the equivalent of an epileptic fit. And, and so Casey talks about how to deal with that. Again, it's a question of healing the abdomen and, uh, and a study recently done in South Florida, you know, a major medical publication is confirming indeed that uh, epileptics um, show unusual cold spots in their, in their abdomen. And Casey exactly said that the way to identify uh, these patients is that there are people who are particularly sensitive in their hands and can run their hands over, uh, over an epileptic and feel exactly where those cold spots are. Well, now they can scientifically, using modern technology, find those cold spots. Anyway, I, I won't go on at length about that, but it's just so many things that Casey said back in the 1930s and 40s, which were dismissed, totally dismissed, you know, have now been proven true. And if he hadn't been so doggone accurate on the medical, the other things that he said, uh, that he talked about, Atlantis, past lives, the Akashic records, um, not much credence would have been given to those. But the fact that his medical readings were correct, you know, attracts, gives it, gives those other subjects such total uh, believability. So he started a whole wave. Being a little bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm sure you can appreciate this, having been a skeptic yourself, that uh, from, I'm, I'm certainly not as well informed as you are about Casey, but um, one of the things I have heard is that there is a lot of uh, interpretation that takes place on the part of the people who read uh, what was written like, for example, when you just use the term neurotransmitters, I that immediately sort of tinged my skeptometer because I would really <laughs> like to see where he actually, you know, said neurotransmitters back in 1945 or before. Uh, because well, he, that's he, when he, I mean, that's a have, long time ago, right? Yeah. 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 He also talked about uh, laser technology. Uh, you know, which again in the 1930 or 31, 32, you know, probably wasn't out there in, in any, in any big way. He used a lot of, uh, extensive medical language, um, which a kid with an eighth grade education, uh, shouldn't, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't know. But, um, uh, but he, you know, but, the, but that's what makes Casey so special. And, and, uh, that, that was, Really, um, what happened to me, and, and uh, you know, we talk about the book I wrote as being a definitive biography. Well, it didn't start out to be that way. I started out to prove him a fraud, and uh, that's what the book contract said, and that was the deal I made with the Edgar Casey Foundation when I went in there. And, uh, I mean, what happened, and I, you know, uh, um, to challenge anyone to, you know, follow my footsteps, um, I was invited in, into the Casey vault, and I, I went in there with the idea of taking one of these readings and showing how they indeed were open for interpretation, and that the stories told about Casey were embellished uh, over years. And you know, having written the books that I have, I know how stories, 
you know, get circulated and, and eventually they take on a lie, lies of their own. So I didn't go in believing any of this. I, I went in to uh, prove, prove Nancy wrong. And, uh, and something happens when, when you actually spend some time in that vault. Because of the first thing that, that hits you, of course, is the specificity, the language, uh, the, the terms that Casey is using. Well, let, let's let's and, let's know, be. Uh, hang on. So let's, that's okay. why I asked. Did he specifically use the word laser and neurotransmitter, or is that something that was interpreted? We'll continue with this, and we learn more about what convinced our guest that there was more to Edgar Casey that meets the eye. More to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made, with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. 
right now. Click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one liter bottle of high quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30 count bottle of immune booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout and the bonus is yours free 2020safe.net. Today, many of us are paying attention to our health, and what we eat plays an important role. But so often, the water we drink is a mere afterthought when it should be a primary part of our daily nutrition. Real Water would like to change how you think about the water you drink and how it can play an important role in helping your body restore balance and reach its full potential. The key benefits of every bottle of Real Water are stabilized negative ions, balanced pH, detoxification, and it hydrates you like never before. And yes, it tastes great. Real Water is beyond alkalinity, and due to its proprietary process called E2 Technology, it's the only drinking water on the market that can maintain a stable negative ionization, which means real science in every bottle. Order your real water today and take advantage of special pricing for this audience only by calling 1-855-REALWTR or visiting buyrealwaternow.com. That's 1-855-REALWTR or buyrealwaternow.com. Order now, 1-855-REALWTR or buyrealwaternow.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So as we ended our previous segment, I'm starting to sound like somebody who announces movie serials or something as we ended our previous segment. Jay Randall Murphy asked Sidney Kirkpatrick, our guest, a specific question about the terminology regarding some of the cures or diagnoses from Edgar Casey. So the question being, Sidney, were those the terms that he used, such as laser? He, u- he uses the term transmitters, and he uses it as transmitters to the brain in the abdomen. So he didn't say, doesn't say neurotransmitters. That's a modern term, but it's a modern term for exactly what Casey is saying. And if you go to those readings, and um, I'm happy to post the epilepsy study on, on my website, you know, casey-universe.com, and you readers can judge for themselves. In fact, I'll, I'll put in uh, an epilepsy article. Well, no, transmitters is and, pretty specific. Uh, I think you will be surprised. That is pretty specific. And, and so, you know, I'm just wanting to, to get a, you know, a feel for this because, you know, when we do use modern language, for us, it seems perfectly normal. And if you, once you're in a subject too, you, you've been immersed in it yourself, uh, as we are in our different subjects, we tend to start taking them for granted. We don't realize that other people who aren't as well informed as we are just don't know those little details, but they can make all the difference to people who are uncertain or don't have the same um, degree or depth of knowledge about the subject. So thanks for helping to clarify that. Well, I mean, I understand the tug of war uh, because I was there, you know, in that vault, uh, you know, the first thing that hits you is the specificity. These are, you know, uh, vague and ambiguous, open for interpretation. They're specific, you know, they're given for a specific person, a specific time with a, with a question. Another thing that hits you uh, is the sheer volume. And our Casey gave two readings a day, essentially, every day for 45 years. And each one is different. And they're anywhere from 
a two to four pages right up onto 15 or 20 pages. So it's like he's making up to, to, to be able to manufacture that every day for that long is just very difficult to believe. And, you know, I was having, you know, he'd mentioned this new Natalie Cole when we were working on her biography. And it's like Natalie Cole having to come up with a different act every day or once a week, you know, for her whole career. It's just, it doesn't happen. And so what happens when you combine the, the volume and, and the specificity with the internal consistency and by this I mean readings that were given in the late 1920s are consistent with what was being given, you know, two decades later. Uh, and how do you keep all of that, you know, if you're making it up, it's very, very difficult to, you know, to hold a lie consistently like that. And, in, in, uh, you know, for Edgar Casey giving that many readings, it, it was just unbelievable. So, you know, there I was in the Casey vault and you stop asking yourself, well, did Casey do what he is said to have done, but how? That's where you drop down the rabbit hole. Because in asking that how, you know, you're, you accept the fact that he did it. And it's sort of, you, you can't argue. I mean, it's there. And I, I challenge anybody to uh, go in that vault or even go online and start studying the readings and uh, come up with a, a different alternative. You can argue all you want how he might have done it, but you can't argue that he didn't do it. Oh, yeah, right. Well, I mean, some people have tried. I mean, of course, you know, James Randi has has done yeah, that but, and you know, well, wrote, a, you know, wrote, a, wrote a piece in Skeptical Inquirer yeah, about I, that. I know, you know. I know. He took anecdotal information and, uh, you know, two, two of the biggest skeptics. I mean, we, well, we, we could have a whole show on how the skeptics you know, approach the subject. Oh, we know all about them on this show. Trust me. I mean, you know, we're, we do the paranormal, uh, you know, I'm a believer in unidentified flying objects and alien visitation. We've been through skeptics have literally brought me to tears, but I always look at what they have to say just in case, because it's not like they're always wrong either. So, you know, even looking at the James Randi article here and uh, looking at the percentages and the way he's, broken it all down i mean he doesn't explain it all you know there's a good percentage of it that's just okay you know how do you explain the rest of it then because is say if we equate this to something like ufos well we know most of it is not you know the misperceptions and misidentifications and so on but there's still that part that makes you go well i don't know about the rest how do we explain that um who is the um Skeptic Society guy from Pasadena and Caltech. Sherman? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So I went. I did an NPR debate with him on Edgar Casey, and and actually I didn't really know what I was walking into, uh, except that I, I was doing an NPR show, and I just happened to have a friend at the station because I live near Pas. I live, you know, Pasadena. Um, who tipped me off, well, you know, Michael Shermer, uh, is it Shermer? Yeah, Michael Shermer is going to be on the show with you. And uh, oh, you know, great. <laughs> immediately tipped me off to what the hell, you know, that what the show is really going to be about. And one of the coolest things about the Casey readings is that he gave, you know, he gave some 14,000 readings, which we have, 
and probably another five or 6,000 readings, uh, which we no longer have because of fires or because they weren't recorded or something. But I was able to find a reading that took place on the very same block where Michael Schirmer lived. And it, it was a, I think it was a heart condition uh, reading. And, uh, and it was a very, turned out to be a very prominent family from Altadena, California, right where, you know, Michael Shermer lived. And so Michael, you know, uh, made his introduction and everything and then, you know, expecting to put me on the spot. And, and I just pulled out this reading and I said, okay, well, look at this. Uh, 19, I'm just, I don't remember now, uh, 1942, but I had all the details of this. Okay, you tell me how Casey could have known this, because Altadena, California, and Virginia Beach is, what, you know, 3,000 or so miles away. And I gave him the specifics, and, of course, uh, he couldn't answer that, because you can't. The truth is out there, whether you, whether people choose to see it or not is another question. I just happened to fall in love with a woman uh, who believed in this so steadfastly that she didn't give up, and she liked me enough not to give up on me, and she just pushed me and pushed me, and then uh, I had to go see for myself. And boy, was I convinced. And so, as I say, it changed uh, changed the direction my career went. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I had certainly had some rocky moments uh, trying to talk my agent into uh, accepting something like this. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've lived a, you know, it's been very successful as far as I'm concerned. What is the X factor of all this stuff regarding Edgar Casey? all these readings that you looked into? Was there a single X factor that made you say, you know what, this is it, a eureka moment? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, there, there, there were several. But I, I want to, um, the one I want to talk about, if you'll indulge me, is, Consider yourself uh, indulged. We'll have to break soon, but we can well, start on this second. It's the most outrageous because, okay, so you start studying these things and, and you, you know, you start studying the medical readings and you look into who they are and what happened. And, okay, so you accept that. And then you make the creative leap that somehow or another, Casey knows this stuff, that there's something going on on another dimension whether it's Edgar Casey or whether it's um, uh, uh, some spirit or mind or intellect from another dimension that's, that's doing this. But then, and throughout all of these, let's say, you know, 14,000 or so readings, very, very rarely, 11 times, 11, 12 times, does who or what comes through Casey stop and introduce themselves. And those are just very, very rare readings. And three of them are for the same person. And she was a uh, young child um, outside of Philadelphia who, at a very, very early age, started manifesting strange and unusual behaviors, different than Edgar Casey's, but very, very strange. Like she would wake up in the middle of the night and start throwing her covers off and she'd scream and shout. She had these terrible strange nightmares and things, and a neighbor saw this child and said, oh, she's trying to do automatic writing, which was a you know popular spiritualism kind of thing uh, back in the early 1940s. we got more to come with Sydney and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Extendivite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. Amazon customer, 5 out of 5 stars. I'm quite happy about it. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem, pain in the chest after climbing stairs, and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. Dr. Sam Surreal. Good product and ingredients. Kept my blood pressure normal after mild heart attack in 2015. Switch to plant-based diet also to reverse atherosclerosis. John Bispicos, 5 out of 5 stars, built up my immune system. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're talking about eureka moments, things that influence our guest, Sidney Kirkpatrick, that Edgar Casey was the real deal. And before we interrupted you, quite rudely, I know, you were in the middle of telling us something that was very important in, amongst the stuff you read of his. Go ahead. Well, it, it, it was this child who came because at, at age uh, two or three, she was speaking in complete sentences. And at age five to six, she started prophesying. Uh, she would go into some sort of like ecstasy, like you would imagine a nun might ha- might happen to a nun or, or a religious figure, and she would start prophesying. So. Um, her godmother approached Edgar Casey and, and wanted to have a reading done on this little girl called, uh, they called her the Little Prophetess. Casey, everything about the readings for this little girl are really unseen to be unbelievable. And, you know, according to the story that got passed down, Edgar Casey went into trance or was about to go into trance. And what he would do is he would lay back down on a sofa, usually a sofa, eventually he had a sort of dedicated sofa bed-like thing he'd lay down on. And he'd put his hands on his forehead and then move to his temple. And he would 
go into a meditative spot and his wife would be sitting next to him and put the questions to him and there would be a dedicated stenographer writing down everything that was said. Well, everything about this reading was strange. The first thing that happened was the stenographer had written up that morning's trance readings or the day before's trance readings, and they were, you know, done on a manual typewriter. And she had them on the desk and the pages blew off the desk. And she was upset because now they were all out of order and this reading was about to begin and she drops down to her knees and she starts uh, trying to get the pages back together when she realizes that uh, the windows are closed and the door is closed. So where is this, you know, wind coming in through the room? And uh, everyone in the room, and there were others, not just uh, the stenographer. Well, there, there was there were the window panes started rattling, and everyone started crying. And there didn't seem to be any any cue, anything said to trigger the tears. But it was sort of like a vibrational change going on in the room. And then Casey did started speaking, and he came into trance, and he said, "Hark ye, um, you know." Archangel Michael approaches, and uh, according to the reading, the archangel makes an appearance and says, you know, these are my words, you look them up, uh, we have before you uh, God's gift to the 21st century um, with uh, a little child with powers far beyond those of Edgar Cayce, Um, you are to love her, you are to treat her. Uh, she will never have a, a, a uh, you know, uh, normal life because she's not a normal child. So, you know, uh, Sidney Kirkpatrick reading this, um, you know, 60, 70 years later, going, okay, Archangel Michael, sure. I mean, I was just so, I just didn't believe it. I just said, you know, you pushed me far enough, you know, you can be open-minded, but not so open-minded your brains fall out. You know, I didn't believe in angels. I didn't believe in, you know, any, any of that. And so I got into the record. I started looking at these, at these records, and I found the original stenographic notes that were taken that day. And in, in true enough, there, there are water stains from, you know, teardrops, presumably, on this. And the more I dug into it, the more real it seemed. And then... Uh, and then we started finding out what happened to this little child, the little prophetess. And here she was at seven years old who prophesied, you know, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, who, who gave all kinds of incredible stuff. So any, anyway, that was one of a whole bunch that, uh, that's really pushed me over and made me a dedicated believer. And I think if I hadn't been such a skeptic and, and Nancy hadn't been so steadfast, we wouldn't have gone anywhere near as far as we did in terms of the research because it was that combination working together. You know, we bought a motorhome and just started tooling around the country, going to the places that your Casey lived and worked and finding the people who had the readings. And that, that uh, made all the difference. Does he have any living relatives anymore? Yes, yeah. Uh, his son, Hulin Casey, uh, took over after he died, not giving trance readings, but they formed um, an organization, the Association for Research and Enlightenment, um, which has a pretty good-sized membership. It's in Virginia Beach, 
And uh, that's where I went to with Nancy to study the readings for the first time. And they have conferences and things. They're a pretty good size organization. And Hugh Lin kept it going for many years. And then Hugh Lin's son ran it for a little while. And now, uh, now a fellow Kevin Tadashi is the, is the, you know, runs the organization. And they, they've got good outreach. Uh, Nancy and I have uh, edited their magazine for a while, and we, we've certainly worked with them. Um, you know, Nancy and I consider uh, the Casey work as a resource. And more than anything else, uh, I mean, it's not a uh, uh, you know, it's not a sort of new age guru kind of thing. It really isn't. When uh, when one of our kids are sick, we go to the Casey readings to see what Casey had to say about that. Or when we have questions, um, we go to the Casey work. You know, we, we we take it much further than than most people because uh, we're so interested in it, and we study the readings and we study the people who received the readings. Um, most people don't do that, but, but they do consider it a resource. And there are all kinds of wonderful Casey health products um, that you can't find anywhere else, Casey treatments that um, you know, don't follow standard AMA. Uh, there's also uh, a lots of really interesting readings which have been generally ignored uh, for scientists and um, inventors. You know, Nikola Tesla, uh, got reading. Thomas Edison got a reading. Um, engineers at IBM. Um, Tom Watson, uh, secretary, we get readings. Um, in uh, you know when you and I were first uh, heard about Edgar Casey, it was all you know meditation and Atlantis and and sort of holistic health. I think the newer generation is much more interested in the science. Uh, that was presented by Casey, which, you know, was just generally ignored or just they didn't understand, uh, even as late as the 60s. Um, one of the, the most convincing of the science readings, if we have a moment, um, is something, a device called the Oroscope. And this was a device, you know, Casey was asked uh, in France how to best diagnose illness. And he comes back and says, well, you read someone's aura, you know, which is the uh, electrical field, you know, around a person. And, uh, the, you know, they come back and said, well, how do you read the aura? I don't see an aura. And so Casey went on to describe in detail and you know, give essentially the blueprints on how to build a device to see an aura. And... Um, you know, so I was especially very, very interested in this because, you know, I'm a skeptic. I don't see an aura. Uh, I, I, you know, I would have doubted even auras exist before then. But uh, you, you, you look through one of these oroscopes and bang, you know, it's hard to argue that what you're seeing is not an aura. And, um, and that's, that's interesting for a whole lot of reasons because Casey consistently throughout his career said, Everybody can do what I do. And, of course, we know that's patently, you know, or it seems patently wrong. You know, I don't read auras. I don't get medical diagnosis. I certainly don't channel uh, someone like that. However, this oroscope is interesting because um, if I understand how it operates correctly, is um, it tricks your eye into doing what it's always been able to do, We've sort of just learned how not to do it. 
You know what? We are going to learn how to do this first and then get back with discussion of auras and Edgar Casey and more with Sydney and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past now there is reveal beverly hills celebrity dermatologist dr nathan newman took nearly a decade to develop reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at gcnlife.com or toll free 844-443-6637 844-443-6637 reveal at gcnlife.com warning if you're drowning in debt you can't afford do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't what the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt if you have ten thousand dollars or more in credit card debt you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe for free information call credit associates now 1-800-900-8407 we'll even show you how much money you could save if you can't afford to pay off all your debt do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 1-800-900-8407. 
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So when we left the previous segment with Sidney Kirkpatrick, he was talking about auras. So you're saying here that we trick our eyes well, so not to see it? In uh, Casey's description, essentially what happens is that when you are a child, uh, when you're an infant, you know, you, you, fo- you learn to focus on certain things. You see your, your, your mother's beautiful smile and her bosom, and you like it. That's what you want. And so the process of maturing is often about tunnel vision. You focus narrow, more and more narrowly. In fact, I think there are studies that have been done of drivers on the highway, that you you almost zone out at a certain point, and your brain goes into looking for these uh, patterns which are which represent possible danger, and you wash out everything else. This is essentially what Casey says is happening with auras. That all of us have the ability to see auras. We've just learned how how not to see them because it it works better you know, in our lifestyles, maybe, or, you know, it just develops. So what this conundrum means to me when I was looking through an horoscope is, oh, my God, you know, maybe I can be tricked into seeing auras. Well, maybe I can do some of those other supposed magic powers that uh, Casey had. And and maybe it's true. Maybe uh, we certainly know our mind is capable of, of doing some astonishing things. Maybe... Casey is more human than we know. This is fairly complex. And yes, there's a a certain critical thinking element and scientific side of things. And then there's the the fringe side of things. The problem when we get talking about someone like Casey and the kinds of phenomena in work is that the two don't mix very well, but they are mixed. And it really takes quite a bit of effort to sort some of that out. Like when you were talking about auras, for example. Okay, so there's things that people think of as auras, but aren't really auras, and they can be photographed with a process called curly in photography. Looking up the auroscope here, essentially it's sort of kind of along the same principles, but then you get the mysticism that goes along with the aura, and they talk about energies. Now, are they the same energies? Uh, I know that looking at one and the other, they're not. That doesn't mean that auras don't exist. I saw a friend's aura once. I've only seen it. It only happened to me one time. It was amazing. I've encountered other people who say they can see them regularly. So I don't think any doubt that people are having the experience of seeing people's auras. But exactly what it is we're talking about, I don't think anybody really knows for sure exactly what it is. 
I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. All Casey was saying is that you learn to look at these auras and you look for imperfections in the color. So, like, if you want a, a lemony yellow, Goulden's mustard. And you certainly don't want Goulden's mustard with, with mustard seeds because <laughs> uh, he says it's cancer. Yeah, they have the different colors. This That's an ancient technique that's been around for well, thousands of years, actually. I mean, these are things Casey could have known about. Uh, he did work at a bookstore and, and boarded with professionals, two of whom were doctors, apparently. So, I mean, it, he could have been picking up a lot of this stuff as he went along. And his mind may have been just such that he was able to somehow subconsciously put it together in a way that made sense. I don't know. That doesn't explain how he did it when he was younger, but you know, well, there's he, got he, to be an explanation it somewhere. It, it doesn't explain how he could know someone's blood type or body temperature, you know, when they're 500 miles away and has never met him. Yeah, definitely. That is is pretty bizarre. And, you know, I'm one of the first people to be, while I'm one of the first people to be skeptical, I'm also one of the first people to go, yeah, but weird things happen anyway. And we don't know how to explain them all. So, <laughs> you know, this is really quite fascinating. Okay, that was a really good, I think, uh, background on Casey up to this point that will give most of our listeners a good idea of who we're talking about. And of course we can find out more uh, if we want to get your book because you've written one of the definitive biographies, but we started at the show now talking about the connection between Edgar Casey and John Lennon. So now John <laughs> Lennon, of course, of course was born much later. Uh, he would have been about five years old uh, when Casey died. So uh, right. where's the connection there? Well, Two things that I, I want to go sort of two different directions here. With certainly with John Lennon, dear Prudence, uh, Prudence, uh, who's still alive and lives in Florida, was a great big Edgar Casey fan. And so when um, when she was hanging uh, with the Beatles, she started talking about Edgar Casey. Before you get started on that, though, you should mention Prudence is Mia Farrow's sister. And, of course, we have the lyrics there, Prudence, Won't You Come Out and Play. This is when they were all going to do transcendental meditation, and she was staying in this cottage. And Lennon was inspired to write the song, Go. Right. And uh, she, you know, who was teaching meditation as well, was was, is a huge fan of Edgar Cayce. And so she started spreading that. Now, I want to go off in a slightly different direction because um, uh, I want to talk about Elvis Presley. I want to talk about Marilyn Monroe. You know, Elvis Presley was nine years old uh, when Edgar Casey died. He didn't get a reading. John Lennon didn't get a reading. But as Nancy and I have continued uh, this work, you know, the first first book we wrote was, you know, it was essentially a very in-depth, serious biography of Edgar Casey. We started veering off uh, into studying the people who had readings because one of the most sort of remarkable discoveries we made was that who was receiving a reading greatly impacted the reading itself. And we didn't understand that at the time. When you first jump into this Edgar Casey stuff, you think this is Edgar Casey's work, his work. But then you discover that when Edgar Casey goes into trance, you know, he's out. He's truly out. I mean, uh, even a Harvard 
studied by a uh, head of Harvard Medical School when he was out, and you know, pins were stuck in in him, uh, in his cheeks. He had a, a a fingernail, which was actually pulled out, and he didn't as much as flinch. He was truly uh-huh. out. He's out. But I mean, I'm uh, I'm flinching just at the thought of that. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine somebody actually doing. This reminds me of a question that I wanted to ask you about this. Now, I don't know if anybody had the technology back in those days to, well, to do like an EEG, right, on on people. Like, we know that when someone goes into a trance or a sleep state that their brain waves change. Did anybody do any kind of study on him that involved monitoring? No, and boy, I I wish they had. Wouldn't that Uh, be something? Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, what, what, what Nancy and I are essentially now doing is using computer technology, you know, data analytics, to study these readings in ways that just weren't possible in Casey's day and haven't been done yet. And so we're, we're really making a whole lot of real progress. We're going to make some progress right now and resume with Sydney and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. USA Radio News with John Hunt. Spurred by ultra-low mortgage rates, house buyers rushed last month to snap up a limited supply of existing homes, causing the pace of purchases to jump by a record high of 24.7%. The surge in sales reported by the National Association of Realtors marked the second straight month of accelerating home purchases. The back-to-back increases have helped stabilize the home buying market, which all but froze earlier this spring when the viral pandemic erupted across the United States. The use of National Guard reconnaissance planes in four U.S. cities to monitor the widespread protest earlier this year did not violate rules against the military collecting intelligence on Americans, according to a Pentagon report. The investigation by the Air Force Inspector General found the planes were used to gather information about crowd size, flows, and fires, but they did not monitor individuals. This is USA Radio News. 
A former California police officer dubbed the Golden State Killer told victims that he was truly sorry before he was sentenced to multiple life prison sentences for a decade-long string of rapes and murders that terrorized the state. Joseph James D'Angelo, now 74 years of age, pled guilty in June to 13 murders and 13 rape-related charges under a plea deal that avoided a possible death sentence. The punishment imposed by Sacramento County Superior Court Judge Michael Bowman means D'Angelo will die in prison for those crimes committed between 1975 and 1986. D'Angelo also publicly admitted dozens more sexual assaults for which the statute of limitations had expired. A dredging vessel at a Texas port hit a natural gas pipeline, sparking an explosion that sent at least six people to the hospital and left four others missing. Initial reports indicated 18 workers were in the area. Of the six injured, five were airlifted to San Antonio hospitals for severe burns. The National Transportation Safety Board is investigating. This is USA Radio News. If you or a loved one is a survivor of abuse by Boy Scouts of America representatives as far back as the 1970s, we urge you to speak up. We'll stand with you and get you the help and financial compensation you deserve. A jury in Portland, for example, awarded $18.5 million in punitive damages in one Boy Scout sexual abuse case. The Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy, and funds have been set aside to compensate those injured. Time is limited, and so are the funds. Call today. Don't wait. For free information on how to file your claim, call All Survivors Advocates right now. We have a long track record in helping our clients get the legal justice and compensation they deserve. Please, we are ready to help you. Call today. 800-364-2984-800-364-2984-800-364-2984. That's 800-364-2984. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we had you that break, Sydney, to... Take care of some business. Would you go on where you left off so we can, can continue this discussion? Yeah, yeah. And, and I do want to, before we quit today, I want to talk about UFOs in case. But before we get there, you have to, you know, the big leap, creative leap that Nancy and I have made in understanding the Casey work is that it really isn't about Casey. Casey was so deep under, he had no memory of anything he said when he was in trance. He needed uh, a stenographer to take down what was said. He needed somebody to put the questions to him. And in a larger sense, he needed people who needed him. And one of our first you know, major revelations was that if you genuinely heartfelt needed help and you weren't just like looky-looing and trying to test his psychic abilities, what came through was greater, stronger, more relevant uh, more accurate, I won't say, you know, he was always accurate, but you know, just the more genuine the question, the greater the response. And so we started studying the people who had readings, and in Casey's day, that was not easily done because you were, had to, you know, it was a question of confidentiality. George Gershwin doesn't want it being known, you know, that is being treated for hemorrhoids or a heart condition. But now that uh, you know, 90-some percent of the people who had readings have passed on. It's a lot easier to study these people 
with without you know without a home invasion per se. And we've made some really really interesting discoveries, which is how strangely enough Elvis Presley figures into this. One of the first you know discoveries, and this is what we're doing in a project we call Casey Universe, and it's uh, we're talking about the people who had readings and that there's a connection. Right. Well, yeah, I remember that you, because I wanted to come back. Oh, Elvis Presley. That's what it was. Yeah. It was, okay. So yeah. let's continue okay. with Elvis so, Presley. Well, it, it, Elvis Presley is, is a wonderful example of this because Elvis Presley, you know, he was nine years old or something when he died, he did not get a reading. And yet we discover that the people around Elvis Presley were getting readings. You know, once you once you start studying those people, and and uh, and you know, some of his biggest songwriters were were getting readings, and you discover that Elvis Presley um, was reading a book on Edgar Casey the, the very night he died. Um, Wizard of Oz is another example I like to use because you search through the Casey database of readings and. The uh, Wizard of Oz, the movie, the play, shows up once, and it's just somebody, a friend of Edgar Casey's, who went and saw it and liked it. However, if you start studying the reading recipients, you discover that a whole lot of people deeply involved with the making of Wizard of Oz got readings. And, you know, the producer's wife, the screenwriter, uh, became a huge, but actually would later go on and, and write a book on education and reincarnation. And so what you start discovering is that who or what coming through Casey seems to have had some kind of agenda, like they're trying to move certain things forward. And it, it you know, this is, could be just Sidney Kirkpatrick here, but it really seemed like they wanted to get that movie made. And, uh, the same with a, a real interesting um, series of readings, and, and because of the, you know, uh, presidential race here in the U.S. Uh, is coming up, uh, we now understand that Casey gave readings for a senator named Burton Wheeler, and uh, Burton Wheeler, um, for for you know, uh, classic film enthusiasts will recognize from the Jimmy Stewart movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Uh, that's who the Burton Wheeler character was. He was a young firebrand attorney who, in his home state, took, took on a, a massive corporation and, uh, and won. Uh, well, uh, this is sort of the Casey story is where uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, leaves off. And Burton Wheeler wants to run um, or is, is running for president. He gets a series of readings. His campaign manager gets readings. And essentially what comes through is, um, it, as Casey essentially says, if Mr. You know, if Mr. Wheeler wants to be president, he will be president. He will be a great president. He is, he is what America needs right now. And there goes on about um, the brotherhood of man, which is a big thing with Casey, looking, taking care of your brother, looking out for your brother. But the, everyone dismissed this reading um, as being dead wrong because Burton Wheeler didn't become president. FDR became president. So, you know, strike one against or strike three against Casey. It's still However, really interesting, though, because and I think, you know, if if you if you don't do it, somebody else will after they hear this show. 
you should put a book together about uh, the way that he influenced culture through all of these celebrities. I believe you, you talked about Marilyn Monroe. We still have to hear that. But it would be fascinating to go through some of the readings and the ramifications and maybe what happened as a result of some of these readings with some of these uh, famous people back in the day, because he was really quite a cultural phenomenon back then. It was before my time, but, you know, I heard about it from some of my parents and other people, and it survived to this day. So, I mean, that would be an awesome book to do. Well, this is exactly where I'm going with this Burton Wheeler. So we know... Wheeler didn't become president. However, now his papers are at the university and they're available to look through. And so we went and looked through them. And as it turns out, FDR had secretly asked Burton Wheeler to be his vice presidential running mate. And Wheeler turned him down because he was a pacifist. He didn't, you know, he saw, he didn't saw what was going on with the war or, you know, soon to be. And so he didn't. But imagine if uh, he if he had said yes, so we would not have had you know Truman became FDR's vice president, and what if we had had Burton Wheeler instead? And then look at the atomic bomb. Would Burton Wheeler, a pacifist, have pushed the button on the atomic bomb? How much different would the world be today if that were the case? So you have these these cultural icons, you know Marilyn Monroe. Elvis Presley, the makers of Wizard of Oz, it's almost as if the the who or what coming true case, he actually, you know, he's trying to shape the destiny, you know, of the United States and maybe, who knows, maybe the world. But you, you're absolutely right. We, we didn't know the uh, cultural impact. We didn't know um, the important um, inventors uh, who were getting readings, you know, and, and this is just something so exciting uh, to be doing today to study these things. Yeah, that would be a fascinating read, and and I'd like to hear more about that. Tell us about Marilyn Monroe and what the connection was there. Yeah, okay. So um, Marilyn Monroe got interested in Casey through Gloria Swanson, the great silent film actress. Uh, and Gloria Swanson was, was a diehard Casey fan, using diet products, use, using beauty products recommended by Casey and Trance. Uh, and that's a whole other interesting subject because I, you know, I, I was using Casey hair treatment to keep my hair. But anyway, Swanson, you know, turned turned Marilyn Monroe onto it, and then it turns out that Marilyn Monroe's um, designer, the the person who did her costumes was getting readings. And then you, and then one of her film producers was getting readings. And so Marilyn Monroe was using Casey Health Products. Uh, she was going to a um, physician in New York named Harold Riley, who was right in Rockefeller Center, uh, who was the go-to person for Edgar Casey. And so, uh, you know, uh, Casey was sort of long dead sort of before... Um, you know, long, but long before Marilyn's demise. We're going to break here, and we'll continue with the story about Marilyn Monroe and Edgar Casey. With Sydney and Gina Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs>
Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids, EPA, DHA, Insist on IFOS Omega-3 Fatty Acid Certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNlife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever? We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now, 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. 
We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 1-800-900-8407. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. So interesting connections here, show business people and the people around them being involved with what Edgar Casey did. Is this because they're in show business and sometimes they just do things are a bit more extreme than regular people? Well, certainly I, I think all artists, uh, and entertainers are far more open to these things, these concepts. And um, Casey himself talks about how to be a really great artist, to be a really great actor, uh, one has to be able to um, tune in to that psychic side of themselves. And, you know, I, I believe it. I, I believe it. I, I, but that said, there's still a huge number of inventors who had readings that are not, uh, that haven't been studied, that haven't been talked about. Um, my favorite is a device, uh, what's called a, a perpetual motion motor. And, and this has a real curious origin. A soldier named Marion Stansel from Alabama got shipped off to France to fight in World War One. got gassed, brought into triage, lungs burned out. He dies on the operating table. He had a classic out-of-body near-death experience. And this was, you know, 1918, before, before these things were, were written about um, widely. And so Marion, in Marion's uh, out-of-body experience, he sees the light. He walks towards the light. His, his, his relatives, dead father, is there to meet him. But he doesn't want to go on. He says, I demand to see Jesus. Let me see Jesus. And they say, no, you know, it's not really, you can't see Jesus. It's, you know, he's a busy guy. I don't know. <laughs> These are my words, but they try to talk him out of it. And Marion says, no, I insist because I'm, I can't die. My mother's need, my mother absolutely needs me to support her. And my sister, I'm the sole breadwinner here. You've got to bring me back. And eventually Jesus shows up and he makes a deal with Marion Stansel and he says, okay, I'll send you back. But you got to be open-minded, and you got to do a big project for me, and it's going to be tough, and I want you to do it. So he uh, miraculously, after five minutes dead on the triage table, uh, comes back to life, and his lungs are healed, and the doctors can't figure out what the hell happened. And he goes back to Alabama, and he's and he waits to see what happens, and he's waiting and waiting, and he runs a filling station. And he keeps waiting for some message from Jesus, only it doesn't come through Jesus, it comes through Edgar Casey. And what it is are the blueprints, the diagram, technical information on how to build a motor that is alleged that once you start it spinning, will not stop. And that you have to physically stop it. And that this is a, a motor uh, for the future and for you know, the future of, of the world. And it's essentially, it runs on water per se. It's a it's a curious device. Uh, it's diff- It was a difficult thing 
uh, I guess, to make because it was you had to assemble it underwater and you had to assemble it in a certain east-west or south positioning. Uh, and they went through a whole bunch of um, um, prototypes, different people who were uh, Casey supporters, the founder of Delco Electronics, you know, the spark plug makers were big Casey fans, and they, they rented um, space in an engineering building uh, for Stancil to try to build this motor. Uh, but it's a fascinating story, uh, and um, a working prototype didn't get made, and, and the whole thing crashed and burned uh, during the Great Depression. Uh, you know, the funders uh, who were trying to build this went under, and the whole thing was scrapped. Scientists, even today, are, are still looking at it. Nancy and I would love to stick it in front of Elon Musk. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, but there are, there are these wonderful readings that just haven't been studied. And so uh, that's what we're doing. Let me ask you the skeptical question here before Randall gets in there. Percentage-wise, how accurate was he? The readings uh, that you can verify, like, I mean, you can't verify Atlantis. Uh, or, you know, when the Great Sphinx, when the pyramids were built. But the ones you can verify, uh, you're well up into the 98 percentile. But, you know, of course, that's three quarters of them. You can't, you, know, you can't necessarily verify. And many of them weren't verified until the people died and they did autopsies, the medical readings. The medical readings, you know, by far are the easiest to verify. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, as, as, I, as I said, the ones on ancient history, you know, when the pyramids were built, when I was, you know, in, in the late 50s in grade school, we were told when the pyramids were built. And now they've rolled that back, you know, 10,000 years almost. And it's closer to the time Edgar Casey said they were built, but it's still not exactly. So, you know, is that a right or a wrong? I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Was he a channeler or an an automatic talker or or maybe some combination of of both? Okay, in in Casey's lifetime, he was most he was known almost invariably for this trance work, and you could call it channeling, except that uh, it was you know primarily this one voice. In Casey would put himself in the trance. Uh, initially, someone had to hypnotize him, but eventually he learned uh, to go into it himself. And once he was inside, uh, his eyelashes would flutter. And his wife uh, would lean in close to him, looking at those eyelashes. And, when, and you had like a 30-second window when those eyelashes were flashing. And, and if you put a question to him at that point, he would answer it. And he would invariably start, like in a medical reading, rehab the body. And then he would answer the question. But if you missed that window, um, he would uh, go fast asleep and he'd have a pleasant nap and you wouldn't get anything. Interesting. It does sounds so a I lot like. Did I answer your question? Well, it sounds yeah like you know there's a you know there's a difference between you know, automatic talking, uh, which is like automatic right. writing sort of, and and whether or not there is some other entity or you know, according to the 
yeah. the belief system working through you. Yeah. And so, so, you know, automatic talking could be your own mind coming up with it yeah. somehow in some way we're, we're not sure of, as opposed to actually some third party communicating through him as a, a, a vessel or a transport mechanism. Well, I think you, you, you also have to add into this uh, permission from the person you're giving reading to. And I think this is, um, you can't miss that. That's part of the equation. And, um, you know, you, I think that the person who's asking for the help has to play some role in this on some deep, you know, other dimensional level that... Uh, whoever is coming through Casey is meeting somehow with us, you know, with you on some level. And, and, uh, so there's some, some connection taking, taking place out there in the, well, okay. This actually kind of brings us into this where we started back at the beginning. Uh, we mentioned the Akashic records. Now, not everybody who's listening probably knows what those are, but this sounds like it, seemed to be his main mode of getting information was through this Akashic Records. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, well, you know, historically, the Akashic Records, I mean, you can trace it through you know, the Hindu religion and many others. It's certainly not a concept new to Edgar Cayce. Uh, it was a source, a place one could go, which record, you know, has a recording of everything. You know, that wherever there's a, uh, the way Casey described it is wherever there's a, a vibrational change of any kind, it's recorded forever. And so one can uh, allegedly tap into that uh, and go to any specific place in time. That you sounds know, to me when you say that, when you say that, when you say that, Sydney, it kind of sounds to me as if we're talking about some kind of universal consciousness which may in the sense be the same thing rather than something physical as something that may exist yeah. in other reality we yeah. have Sidney Kirkpatrick and, 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 and we're talking about Edgar Casey, and we have more to talk about in our next few segments and then he wants to get into something with regard to UFOs so those who were hoping <laughs> that this would not be a UFO episode well that may drag over to after the well, paracast but we're going to do it sort of kind of more to come with Gene Randall and Sydney. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. 
That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board-certified dermatologist Dr. Whitney Bow. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called instantly ageless yeah instantly you could see a difference even the cameraman were like wow look at the difference yeah I mean, but i would definitely use this product this product within minutes of applying it it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation try instantly ageless today at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So continuing with the final four segments here before we go on to after the Paracast, Sydney, Akashic Record, Universal Consciousness, the same? Yes, I, I, I think it is. You know, um, the most telling reading is, you know, Edgar Casey is asked specifically where he goes to get the information. And Casey describes moving some, somehow through space, and he goes to a giant library. And each person has their own book in this library, and there's a etheric librarian. But when pushed to describe... The details, essentially what comes through is that, well, this description is meant for you to understand what Casey does. And I think a very, very telling reading, and and one of my favorite, took place at the very end of his life. Uh, Edgar Casey was already ailing, and as many people, when when they're confronting sort of their own death, they're revisiting uh, their past. And Edgar Casey... Uh, re- is, begins to revisit his childhood, and he literally asks the source. So a question is put to Edgar Casey about Edgar Casey: Were those imaginary playmates I had? Were they real or not? And who or what were they? And the answer is, is very, very interesting. Casey, in trance, comes back and says, "Well, yes, they're real, but the only way you could understand what those spirits were." was to see them as children, because you didn't have the imagination. You could not comprehend what it was or who they were. And what they were were spirits surrounding Edgar Casey. And the reading goes on to describe, well, you were going to have a rough childhood, and you needed companionship. And so these spirits appear to you as spirits, because that's the only way you could really understand the love they have for you and the fellowship and the camaraderie, and they've been around you, you know, your entire life. You just don't see them the way you did as a child. I think similarly is the Akashic Records. He sees it as a library, or it's described as a library, when in reality it's, it's this store of, of information that we don't have the intellect 
to really understand the picture. And you know, similarly, uh, there's a lot of dream analysis in the KC readings. KC, you know, says, do not, you know, pay attention to your dreams, pay attention. But what's given to you in a dream is symbolic of really what's going, you know, uh, for the bigger message. And you're seeing it symbolically because that's the only way you can understand it. At least that's, that's my take on it. Yeah, it seems that it's been described. Um, I, I ran across one passage here uh, when I was looking prior to the show to, to get an idea of what we were talking about. Described it as, or that it can be equated to the a, the universe's supercomputer system, or per, perhaps what today we would call cloud computing, where there's some central storehouse of information for every individual who has ever lived on the Earth. That if you can access that, you can find out all of this information, and and that really brings up a, some interesting philosophical questions, such as you know, are we living in a f- universe of free will, or is everything predetermined? Certainly, absolutely, and uh, Edgar answers that uh, rather rather definitively. We're living in both, and what he, what he says is that all of us have free will. You create your own future by what you hold in your head and in your heart, not only as an individual, but in a, in a community, in a country, in, in the world. However, there comes a point at which what you've held in your head and your heart has, has become, uh, in, a, in a more concrete way, the direction you're going. Edgar Casey's son like to talk about this and, and described it to me as a, uh, a bug on a flat table. If it's heading in one direction long enough, you can pretty much guess where it's going. This is one of the things I find most disturbing about how supermarket tabloids have portrayed Edgar Casey. You know, they, they, they hone in on the predictions. And it's true, Casey gave predictions, and California is a dangerous place to be uh, in the future, and there will be tsunamis, and there will be all kinds of catastrophes. And these are what the tabloids have made, you know, Edgar Casey out to be. But Casey, uh, in terms of the larger body of readings, his prediction readings are very small, less than 1% of his readings. Uh, more important almost all of those readings are, are prefaced with given the current situation or, you know, given how, you know, uh, well, where your head is at, this will be the natural result. So, uh, so there is a great deal of free will. We make our own future. There is no way to know for certain, I suppose, or make predictions, um, but there comes a point where it's a pretty good guess. What I would really like to do before you go, and and not that Edgar Casey isn't quite fascinating, but you've written a number of other books as well and done some other research, uh, some of it really interesting. And I would like to just go through a couple of them so that people can get an idea of what other things you have done. And uh, one of them that caught my attention, and we put up a short uh, YouTube video, I think, about it on our uh Paracast community forums, Hitler's Holy Relics, a true story of Nazi plunder and the race to recover the crown jewels of the Holy Roman Empire. Now, this sounds pretty interesting. Can you uh, tell our listeners, just give us give them an overview of what that's about? 
Yeah, I was, um, you know, it was uh, partially inspired by Casey. And um, I was really interested in, you know, the Spear of Destiny. That's the uh, lance that was alleged to have been at the crucifixion, which spears the side of Christ. And I was really interested in learning more about that myself and learning more about early Christian history. And, and so I jumped at the idea of telling the uh, Christian history through um, uh, through this spear of destiny, seeing how uh, Christianity changed and evolved, because there, w- there was a time uh, before the Holy Grail, you know, when the, that actual spear became a, uh, you know, became um, a symbol of, of Christianity. Anyway, it was very interesting to me, and I wrote a, a book treatment for my publisher covering some 2,000 years of, of this history because it was had been passed on from one monarch to another um, and and along with it uh, alleged you know mysterious magical powers that went with it powers of protection um, and this almost uh, sounds that, this almost sounds like Raiders of the Lost Ark you know I mean there's it almost <laughs> sounds like there's some yeah, truth I, I to love that these stories. You know, what can I say? I just I love these stories and I love to investigate them. And you know, there's there's truth and there's there's truth behind it, uh, even though you don't think so. And in this case, the publishers looked at my uh, book treatment of two thousand years, and they weren't the least bit interested. But they tore out the last five pages, which is about how Adolf Hitler went after it and got it, and General Patton uh, wanted it back. And they said, "Give us this book." And of course, I dove in uh, to give them that book. And it's real interesting because uh, Patton, you know, was a deep believer uh, in reincarnation and, and mystical, mystical things. And um, he was particularly fascinated with the Spear of Destiny because it was, um, uh, it, you could argue, and Patton did argue, that it was a soldier, Longinus, who became the first Christian because uh, of the prophecy that, you know, uh, well, because Jesus dies when the spear is, or, or when the spear is plunged into his side, and according to Eastern Orthodox tradition, you know, blood drips down the side of the spear into the centurion's eyes, and he is cured of, uh, you know, what are probably today cataracts. You know what? This is like Raiders of the Lost Ark or one of the Indiana Jones movies. we got more to come with Sidney, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you ready for what's next? It's likely coming. More food shortages, power outages, grocery stores closed, social unrest. Ask yourself, do you have enough food and supplies on hand to last at least 30 days? Most Americans do not, but you can. Avoid the panic of the last-minute rush. Order your four-week supply of emergency food today from MyPatriotSupply.com. Starvation or dependency on the government are your only alternatives. Avoid those and the pain of being unprepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. Build your emergency food supply with meals that last up to 25 years in storage, shipped discreetly to your door. Folks that know what's coming are using today to prepare. There's time for you to do the same. That's MyPatriotSupply.com, the original Patriot Preparedness Company. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Of course, there's that movie where Indiana Jones cures his father 
Uh-huh. <laughs> if you remember that, with this cup of holy yeah. water of whatever it is, and Sean Connery yeah, yeah. gets up and he says, Bond, James Bond. No, he didn't say that. What's unfortunate is that the final Indiana Jones movie didn't feature Connery because he and Harrison Ford had such a, yeah. a great relationship. Let's get back to your story, though. Yeah, okay. Well, so, so Patton believed this. He believed that Longinus was the first Christian and that Christianity began with a soldier and began with a soldier drenched in blood. You know, Jesus' blood drips off the side of the lance and into his face. So that was his obsession with it. And uh, Hitler's, of course, is twisted and a whole lot different, but, you know, uh, the lance had killed King of the Jews. And, right, uh, yeah. And yeah. You know, uh, symbol monarch of power. There you go. And so both these people are obsessive about it. And uh, the story that I write, you know, it's a true story about how Patton assigns a young um, a lieutenant to go into Nazi Germany and recover the spear because he knows uh, Himmler got a hold of it and Himmler hid it right at the end of the war. They have a clue where it is in Nuremberg, so he sends his lieutenant to go back into it. I was able to track down this officer who had, who had later become head of the art department at Berkeley. With his papers, you know, I, I told the story of uh, him going in and recovering this artifact. That sounds absolutely fascinating in and of itself. Another book that you wrote, this, of course, Lots of conspiracy theories around this, but you've got a couple of them. You did, you worked on these with a, an author, Stephen Scheller. Uh, we've got oh, big, big <laughs> you really have been doing the research. <laughs> yeah, big, big pharma, big greed. In big yeah. pharma, big greed, the inside story of one lawyer's battle to stem the flood of dangerous medicines and protect the public health. Before you go on, let me explain my late brother Wally was part of Big Pharma. Go ahead, please. <laughs> okay, well, you know, as, as I said early on, uh, my wife and I often you know, jump in and ghostwrite, especially if it's a story we believe in. And uh, Stephen Scheller's story was one of those, only he insisted at the end that they put uh, my name on it with him. Stephen Scheller, what a... What a what an attorney. And just, just to give you, before I jump into what that book's about, is he is such a cool attorney. You know, he was a, a, uh, a Jew, and he graduated at the bottom of his class at, at U of Penn, and he went out to try to get a job as an attorney. Nobody would hire him. There's only one Jewish firm in Philadelphia, and they just weren't interested in him. And he was bumming around the courts looking for a case. He's a first-time-out attorney. And the Black Panthers have been arrested. You know, it's Rizzo, police brutality in a serious way, and they've rounded up all the Black Panthers and packed them into a jail and accused them of murder, uh, as well as, you know, all kinds of other offenses. In the middle of this trial, the judge fires uh, the Black Panthers attorney, and he asks every attorney in the room to raise their hand, or he asks anybody in the room who's an attorney to raise their hand, and Steve Scheller and a bunch of other people raise their hand. And, and he, the judge looks at Scheller and says, you know, I've seen you here every day. You're now representing the Black Panthers. And, you know, <laughs> even had, wow. hadn't had a case before. And all of a sudden, 
you find himself in the spotlight and he really performs and gets the Black Panthers off and all of a sudden is this miracle attorney. That permits him to go, to go after the cigarette companies, to go after the big guys. And he gets money to do it and, and he really fights the good fight and he really has done that. And in this case, he took Johnson & Johnson to court over a drug called Risperdal. What he was ultimately able to prove is, is that Johnson & Johnson knew damn well uh, the negative side effects that they weren't willing to fess up on on the label. And they pushed it through the FDA and uh, an enormous percentage of people taking this antipsychotic drug. You know, it, it was uh, like, like so many uh, of those drugs, it's uh, approved for one thing and used for another. And in this case, Risperdal was very commonly uh, prescribed to people uh, with ADD, you know. What year is this? Oh, this is just recently. I mean, the the case was just settled about a year ago, a year and a half Uh. ago, and there's still litigation going on. But in this case, you know, young boys taking this drug were growing female breasts. Ooh, just to tell you, he has nothing to do with it. My late brother, Wally was head of research for Johnson & Johnson. But we're talking about the 1970s here, probably. And that's okay. when they created Reach Toothbrushes and Retin-A. He had nothing to do with that. Totally innocent. Good. Nor okay. are his descendants responsible. Let me just go on. But, you know, so uh, Steve just, just kept coming up against, uh, against these drug companies, but he was, you know... Um, one of these attorneys who'd, who'd, who'd made a huge success very early on and kept winning and fighting the good fight. And I couldn't resist helping, helping him tell his story. I, I hope it'll be a film someday. But, you know, who knows what, you know, Big Pharma's up to. It's, you know, it's getting scarier every year. You know, and especially companies like Johnson & Johnson. It's like, my God, this is like uh, baby formula. Well, there is a lot of... You can't trust. Yeah, there is a lot of mistrust of the of the medical uh, profession. I mean, yes, it is a science, and you know, one of the things that skeptics tend to ignore is all of the problems that go on in certain kinds of science, especially medicine. Uh, there are reports out there where uh, just falsification of papers, for example, is is rampant. Or has been. I mean, they've got it under control a bit better now, but we're, we're talking very high percentages of papers that have been uh, actually pulled, you know, redacted, pulled off uh, out of uh, circulation because they were just put out there to promote a certain agenda and then proven to be wrong or or fabricated or outright frauds. And so... Just because we have a science and we have somebody that's supposed to be a scientist writing things doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It's what, what a tragedy. And, and I really think it comes down to greed. It's just like they, they just can't walk, cannot walk away from their money. And, uh, well, you worked on and, another book with him, Farmageddon. And, uh, uh, apparently and you know what? Some, Before we go to Farmageddon... <laughs> Before we start getting Farmageddon, if we can get it, of course. 
We're going to break for a moment. Oh, let's hope in case so. you're just tuning in, that's a bad pun. See, bad puns are the province of disc jockeys, and I had my days early, <laughs> early on as a disc jockey, and I learned how to do bad puns. And people criticize me for that and think I'm telling a joke. And I'll tell you what, I don't do jokes. Sydney, Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin, and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com. Keyword antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with John Hunt. Spurred by ultra-low mortgage rates, house buyers rushed last month to snap up a limited supply of existing homes, causing the pace of purchases to jump by a record high of 24.7%. The surge in sales reported by the National Association of Realtors marked the second straight month of accelerating home purchases. The back-to-back increases have helped stabilize the home buying market, which all but froze earlier this spring when the viral pandemic erupted across the United States. The use of National Guard reconnaissance planes in four U.S. cities to monitor the widespread protest earlier this year did not violate rules against the military collecting intelligence on Americans, according to a Pentagon report. The investigation by the Air Force Inspector General found the planes were used to gather information about crowd size, flows, and fires, but they did not monitor individuals. This is USA Radio News. A former California police officer dubbed the Golden State Killer told victims that he was truly sorry before he was sentenced to multiple life prison sentences for a decade-long string of rapes and murders that terrorized the state. Joseph James D'Angelo, now 74 years of age, pled guilty in June to 13 murders and 13 rape-related charges under a plea deal that avoided a possible death sentence. The punishment imposed by Sacramento County Superior Court Judge Michael Bowman means D'Angelo will die in prison for those crimes committed between 1975 and 1986. D'Angelo also publicly admitted dozens more sexual assaults for which the statute of limitations had expired. A dredging vessel at a Texas port hit a natural gas pipeline, sparking an explosion that sent at least six people to the hospital and left four others missing. Initial reports indicated 18 workers were in the area. Of the six injured, five were airlifted to San Antonio hospitals for severe burns. The National Transportation Safety Board is investigating. This is USA Radio News. 
If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Did I take that as Farmageddon? That's exactly right. Yeah. Farmageddon by Stephen mm. Scheller and Sidney D. Kirkpatrick. And in that book, you talk about whistleblowers who have come forward. And can you give us a couple of examples uh, out of that book? Well, uh, certainly the antidepressant drugs, the drugs that are supposedly approved for you know bipolar, come with just such a mess of terrible side effects. And uh, physicians you know, are, are essentially paid uh, to be prescribing them. They have a financial incentive. It's just, it, it's a bloody, terrible, ugly circle. And it's so sad because what can you believe? You know, uh, and you trust your physician to, to be diagnosing this without a conflict of interest? Uh, you guys are coming up to an election down there, and it says here in the uh, review, it all started with butterfly ballots putting a presidential election on hold. What was that about? Yeah, well, so Steve Scheller uh, is a, you know, super powerful attorney in Philadelphia, and he's in the middle of a case, and his mom calls him, his mother-in-law, who's in Palm Beach, and she says, Stevie, I don't know who I voted for. I just don't know. I went to the ballot, and I I went in, and I, I couldn't figure out, you know, whether I was voting for Al Gore or Bush or what. What are you talking about? And so he literally flew down to Palm Beach that day with, uh, with an assistant, and they demanded to see one of these butterfly ballots, one of these ballots which became known as butterfly ballots, and he immediately saw the contradiction, the difficulty in, you know, a voter like his mother-in-law would have, and realized it was right across the board. And so he was the very first person to file a lawsuit on behalf of Val Gore, on the butterfly ballots, but his case was not the one that ultimately went to the Supreme Court. It got right up there, and it was between two or three cases, and they let, you know, uh, they let the Democrats decide which one to take to the Supreme Court. But in retrospect, it would have been much better uh, to take Scheller's case because it, it was built on real physical evidence. He determined uh, that even the paper stock was was thicker uh, that there were differences in paper stock and and that 
uh, on these ballots in, in places that were likely to, to go overwhelmingly Democrat, they were sending thicker paper so that it created these butterfly ballots. And so there's all kinds of, of uh, very sneaky ways to um, shift elections, and it's all very scary today for us. Yeah, are you familiar, Sydney, with a talk show host name of Tom Hartman? Vaguely. You, okay. are, you, are you friends with Tom? Well, Tom, we actually had him on the PowerCast early on with something sort of related to our paranormal world. But he has said here, he pointed out that the Secretary of State of Florida, who was friendly with the Bushes, deliberately removed a large number of registered voters for specious reasons before the election. And then after it happened, after they made the determination that Bush would win, the newspapers went in there and checked everything and found out that, no, Gore really won. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, that, that was what Steve Scheller you know, came about. And it's, it's wonderful where you have somebody with those kind of means that Steve Scheller has. I mean, he's a multimillionaire and he's got a great legal staff and he can go do what he wants. And, and uh he was responding to a simple telephone call and um, did really in-depth investigative research and, and found what he discovered the truth. He said, you know, part about it is that they didn't sue or, or they, they didn't try to change the election based on fraud the way Stephen Scheller had it laid out. It's the same thing he did with um, light cigarettes. Scheller was the was the first, you know, he, he wasn't the very first to litigate against the cigarette companies, but he was the first to litigate and win. And and what he what he did was he studied, uh, you know, so-called light, uh, light cigarettes and, uh, you know, with these filters and, and discovered that, uh, you know, they weren't any safer for you than a regular cigarette. And in some in some cases, they, they were even much, much worse. And he discovered that the filters themselves were designed in such a way so that they would fool um, the cigarette testing machines. You know, they, they, they had these little holes punched in the sides where the testing company would, uh, the, the, the machine would grab hold of the cigarette. And uh, anyway, it's just, uh, so I, I, I love you know, I love Steve. I love what he does. And so many of our uh, writing projects we take on is because uh, we just champion these people. Pretty interesting stuff. Since we want scandals, Vice President Pence received money from the tobacco industry and once wrote that, of course, cigarettes couldn't cause cancer. <laughs> or more than once wrote that. That's years ago. Well, four out of five doctors rep- recommended Camel. I mean, you know, back you know, <laughs> in the in the 40s and 50s, I'm pretty sure that's, uh, you know, if you listen to the old radio shows, the commercials are still out there. Do you think here of all the actors who smoke cigarettes on TV shows? And then you think how many of those shows were sponsored by tobacco companies? Then you got to think how many of those actors didn't survive. I'll give you one example, because they just had a reboot of Perry Mason, showing Perry Mason allegedly before he becomes this defense attorney. On the original TV show, the 
opposing district attorney for the first few seasons was William Talman. Now, just to let everybody know, he was the late William Talman was the cousin, first cousin of Jim Mosley, the one, the only Jim Mosley. And he lost his gig because of some kind of weird sex scandal where he allegedly had a sex party or something. And the folks over at the network, I think it was CBS, were scandalized he was off the show. But in his latter years, in his 60s, he, a heavy smoker, suffered from lung cancer. And he did commercials saying, yeah, I'm suffering from lung cancer because I smoked. William Talman, look it up. So that's speaking of the tobacco industry. Let's go on. Uh, well, I meant, you know, uh, all, all of my books, I suppose, have, have things, elements like that in common. Um, yeah, my, my first book, I mean, I, I came out to L.A. to, uh, to make movies. Uh, um, and I, I made what uh, People Magazine called one of the worst movies of 1984. <laughs> and while I was looking for a job uh, that I was never able to get, uh, after that, because the movie was was such a disaster in some respects. I didn't what what movie was it? Um, oh, I'm em- embarrassed to say. I'm embarrassed to say, uh, but it, it and uh, it was called the Indomitable Teddy Roosevelt, and uh, I thought it was a great movie, but uh, uh, didn't help me make the second uh, get get a get another job. And while I was looking for that job, I got hired. Uh, to write a um, uh, a book, a memoir uh, for a, a film director who just died, and um, it was done in King Vidor, and you know he was a great silent film director who'd made it to color, who were talkies to color, and he'd made like some seventy, eighty movies: Stella Dallas, Ruby Gentry, War and Peace, and so I, I jumped into trying to write his, writing his biography. And um, there was a strange, uh, you know, he, he, was a, he was something of a pack rat. You know what? Let's and, go into uh, that you know, he, briefly in our next segment, and then we'll go into UFOs or vaguely into UFOs. Okay. Sydney, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We have all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you ever noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? With bacteria and virus problems, sanitizers and hand washing are the first line of defense against infectious disease. GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements as set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration as a first aid antiseptic. When it comes to sanitizers, it only makes sense that it lasts till the next application and doesn't dry and crack your skin, inviting infection. For long-lasting alcohol-free sanitizing, come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial. That's GCNteam.com, antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203, 877-878-4203. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American-made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value free by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours free. 2020safe.net. This is Be the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Exactly according to my plan. So this famous director whose career spanned sound movies, talkies, color films, was a pack rat. So what did you find? Yeah, went went right from, you know, the, the 1970s. And he had just died, and it was really a biographer's dream because he he was a pack rat. He just couldn't throw anything away, and because he'd been a became a millionaire in the movie business when he was still in his you know late teens, when his uh, desk drawers filled up, when his garage filled up, he just took out a, a floor at Beacon Storage, and and he just couldn't throw anything away. And so when he died, you know, I had this great job 
of organizing his papers and writing a book about him. And I had everything. I mean, he saved every laundry receipt, love letters, you know, Valentine's, everything. He just saved it. Except there was this weird period in the 60s, 69, where it was just missing. It was just like a hole in the estate. It was like nothing was there. And I didn't think too much about it at the time I started writing because it was late, late in his career. And, and, you know, I figured actually that, you know, maybe his family just picked the estate clean of that year. Maybe he had an illegitimate child. You know, maybe there was something hidden. But it just became more and more mysterious. The family had just sold his house in Beverly Hills to Barbara Streisand. King Peter's daughter and I went through the house right before, you know, bulldozers were going to come up because she wanted, a, you know, mega mansion. Uh, we're going through the house just to make sure everything's out of it. And there in his garage, you know, behind the hot water heater was a box of papers. And it was essentially not to be opened until he died. And inside was the, in a missing ear. And he'd gone out and uh, he'd solved a murder of one of his friends. And he knew that Paramount Studios had paid to cover up uh, this murder. He had tried to do something about it in the 1920s, and they threatened to blacklist him, and there was his friend that had bugged him. And he, he put the investigation aside when he was a young man because he thought, they, he thought it would be the end of his own career. And then right up towards the end, he went back to solve his friend's murder. And so uh, that was really my first book. I scrapped writing his biography, and I wrote a book called A Cast of Killers, Right. I was just going to say uh, there was one more book and I was saying this sounds exactly like a cast of killers. And so, yeah, that sounds like a pretty interesting investigation. All right. What sort of strange activities at the scene of the crime circulated soon after? Yeah, well, this is the murder of a man named William Desmond Taylor. And he was really, uh, you know, he was as important as Spielberg was in his generation. And he was president of the Directors Association. He was a big player at Paramount. And the strange thing about it was when the police found out that he died, they got an anonymous call and they showed up at his bungalow. And there were a whole mess of people in the bungalow, searching the bungalow. Everyone, I mean, from a famous actress was there, the studio executives were there, and everybody was busy in, in the bungalow while the tailor was dead on the floor. It's like nobody paying any attention to him. They wanted something out of there, and uh, a whole bunch of scandals came out after that. And you know, Mabel Norman was one of those actresses, and she was said to have been a drug addict, and, and Taylor was helping her. And then uh, a young uh, actress named Mary Miles Minter, who was sort of like a, a Mary Pickford type. Her mother was a suspect because Taylor was said to be you know, screwing around with her. But there were all of these different suspects, and that's what made the case so, so much fun. King Vidor, however... Uh, knew that the studio had paid to have this covered up. Uh, he wanted to do something about it when he was a younger man and couldn't. So I listen to this thing. I'm thinking of the plot lines of an Australian TV show that circulated around the world, a period piece from the 20s and 30s it covers, and it was just done very recently called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, based on a series of novels. Oh, I've seen it advertised. It is a fabulous, fabulous show. It's on Acorn TV, which you can get through Amazon. I recommend it. And you think it's this is a female action hero. But the kind of murder mysteries 
and all the things going on, they begin to remind me of everything you're telling me about here. My book came out first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds great, actually. And, 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 and of course, Hollywood was a, a wild place back then. And, uh, you know, my advantage, of course, was, you know, having... King Vidor, you know, who was an insider, who was friends with Gloria Swanson, who thought nothing and be able to call up uh, the district attorney and to get police records that others weren't able to get. Well, there's all this fabulous culture. The the big question, of course, is, well, why did he put it in the trunk? And he put it in the trunk is because after investigating and discovering who the killer was, realized the killer was still alive and the studio had a really good reason uh, uh, you know, to be uh, silencing it. And so he put it aside thinking that he would outlive the killer and he didn't. And you know what? Maybe we can also have you uh, do an update for the book. Yeah. Have you do an update for the book Hollywood Homicide? I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah, that's great. About the death of George Reeves who played Superman in the 1950s. Yeah. And many people feel that maybe he had to wear a costume with fake muscles. He was probably the best mm-hmm. actor ever to play Man of Steel. All right, although this new series, Superman and Lois, the actor they've got there now, has that twinkle in his eye. Hollywood homicide, because supposedly George Reeves at mid-40s shoots himself during a party in the bedroom or something, and the claim is here is that he did that because we have a middle-aged man who's still playing Superman, and that basically killed his career. But frankly, he didn't have much of a career before then. So there's a lot of interesting stories that he was dating somebody who was also involved with somebody from organized crime. You heard this story. I don't know why we're even mentioning yeah. it. Let me ask you quickly here, because I want to get into the UFOs in our next show after the Paracast. Very quickly, what stuff you got in the hopper? What else are you doing? Well, we've got this uh, research project, and we've got a whole bunch of volunteers, Casey researchers. We call it, you know, for want of a better name, Casey Universe, Casey-Universe.com. And we're studying the readings using uh, big data analytics, doing things that were just not possible in Casey's time, and, and that's what really is driving us right now. And uh, like the, the next story uh, we're posting about a person who had uh, readings is a woman named Gail Nelson, who was the victim of a horrific, absolutely horrific silence of the lambs kind of crime. Tell our listeners that they want to know more about all the work you do. Where do they go to check you out? You can find me on the internet all over the place, but I, I'm just steering people right now to kc-universe.com. It's a free newsletter that uh, my wife and I are doing, and a bunch of volunteers. We're posting some of our really interesting findings. At some point before the end of the year, I'm going to p- put the Elvis Presley story for your benefit. We appreciate that very much. You can find us, by the way, on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, you can also find us on Facebook. Look for two Paracast areas. One is a fan club. One is a community. And I have no idea why they are different, why we can't combine them without losing one. But that's them. By the way, Sidney Kirkpatrick will be back with some UFO stuff 
in the segment that we do this weekend of After the Paracast. What's After the Paracast? Well, After the Paracast is one of the extra special things we offer if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. The Paracast Plus also offers a version of this show free of those pesky network ads. Network won't like me saying that. (laughs) With enhanced audio. And to get more information about it, you go to theparacast.plus. That's theparacast.plus. Takes you right direct to the sign-up page. And if you're a member of the forum, by the way, you can also now gift a Paracast Plus subscription to fellow members on the forum, theparacast.plus. Also go to theparacast.shop, where you learn all about the branded merchandise we offer, including different logos with... Throw pillows and T-shirts in 12,000 different sizes. I mean, I look that thing over. I don't care how small or big you are. We probably have something. I'm not sure about the Incredible Hulk. I have to really check into that and see if they've got something that big. Hey, Sydney Kirkpatrick, thanks for joining us on the PowerCast. My pleasure to be here. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>